There we go. Recording. We're live. We're live. Recorded live. <laughs> we are in the cloud. <laughs> uh, how's it going, Rain? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Derek? So great. Uh, do we want to? Do we want to start with just uh, why we decided to do this and like our our. Yeah, just our reasoning behind starting a little podcast. I mean, I know my reasons and stuff, but I kind of want to hear your take on it as well. Yeah, man, we can uh, we can talk through it. So this is uh, for those of you that are joining our broadcast for the first time ever, because this is the first episode. Uh, this is the review podcast, and. If I had to summarize it, which is another name that we're going to use a, a name we almost called it for the title. Uh, it's it's like a movie or a book club, but we watch the books, a.k.a. movies, a.k.a. a movie book club. So, yeah, we're just going to weekly pick movies and go through and, and watch them and give our thoughts, give a little summary about some information that we know about the movie, public information, give it like kind of a, lo- a little brief synopsis, um, and then we'll talk about it. We've obviously watched the movies we're going to discuss, and we'll get into it. But yeah, as far as why, I love movies. Um, Derek knows this about me. We used to work together uh, very closely, and I was always talking about movies. I I started another podcast where I go through and pitch original movies, and now I'm wanting to go through and just discuss movies more in general that have already come out. So, and, And Derek is that that yin to my yang and he, he he stimulates really interesting conversation so we decided to go into this joint venture together yeah yeah and i mean i yeah for for everyone i mean ryan and i have been friends for a little bit now and uh we're at a point in our friendship where it's long distance so we don't you know not in we don't have the opportunity to see each other in person and things things change but we'd always talk about movies and even just like music or whatever entertainment in general so i was just thinking one day and i had an idea and i was like i think it'd be cool if we just went back and watched a bunch of movies and talked about it mostly because it'd be cool to talk to you about it just get your opinion because that was something that was always fun uh, but also just get get thoughts out there, you know, and do it as a as a recorded podcast. And I think, yeah, it, the intention initial intention was we'd go back and like we had a, some ideas about going stuff by decade, like starting in a certain decade and going into the future, and then we, you know, spit some ideas back and forth. And I think the conclusion that we came to really was just. We were just going to, like, watch, listen, read, or do pretty much anything that we enjoyed and just talk about it. And, and I think it sets a cool precedent because it's just, it's just whatever we want. It doesn't have to be stuck to anything or it doesn't have to be a cemented idea. Just kind of go with the flow. So, uh, exactly. yeah, and we decided, yeah, we decided to start with uh, a classic movie. Which I had never seen, actually. It's called Braveheart. Uh, and did had you seen it before, Ryan? And you just watched it again today? Or... Yes. I I think the first time Braveheart, I was like 11. Way too young to see the graphic violence that was on is depicted on screen. But yeah, it was, yeah I watched it, it when rough. I was 11. <laughs> I was surprised about uh, it's pretty pretty intense with the graphical nature of the some of the fight scenes and yeah it was cool though anyway sorry go ahead yeah no I yeah so I, I had seen it before um, it's interesting to watch things as you get older though because the film gets recontextualized like when I was eleven I was like oh it's a war movie with all these Scottish people and it's so cool and now it's like. It's uh, extremely relevant still today, like as far as political landscape. It's just it's really interesting to see how like films evolve and how they can still be relevant for sure. Yeah, yeah, I found it to be uh, it's just super interesting in the fact that it's a movie that came out in 1996, um, but if you take it just for what it is, 
you know, it's a cool, like, little war movie. Um, but the the thing that I got, and I watched it with my girlfriend, too, the thing that we initially just reacted to was just the backstabbing nature of human beings <laughs> in general and, like, what people do uh, to kind of get power and to get wealth or or whatever it is that was the biggest thing that struck me there's a point in and spoiler alert even though the movie's been out for t- <laughs> 20 plus years at this point uh but there's a point where uh mel gibson's character is like about to go into battle and he needs the backing of these other scottish nobles and they turn on him and yeah not to get into the nitty-gritty too fast but yeah that initial that 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 point right there was just like the biggest takeaway of the movie for me. It's just like, man, that is a terrible situation to be in, <laughs> and that, uh, yeah, basically got bought off. So, but yeah, anyways, we'll we'll kind of cover a little bit of the movie, um, just about you know how it was made. So it was released in 1996. Uh, it's got a three hour and two minute runtime, which is it's pretty long. It's a pretty long movie. Um, I felt like there were so many seeds in this movie where it's just like the buildup to what is about to happen could take away like easily 30 to 45 minutes of the runtime. But they just do these like zoomed in close up shots of somebody's face that's about to do They're something. They're banging crazy. percussion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was. Now, I thought that was really funny because we were just waiting for something to happen. It's about a 10-minute build-up to just a fight scene. or Yeah, so three hours and two minutes is the run time. Uh, directed by Mel Gibson. Starring Mel Gibson. Uh, also, Sophie Marceau, Brendan Gleeson, and Brian Cox. Uh, it was a Paramount Pictures and 20th Century Fox uh, production. In the box office... Uh, looks like it earned at the time two hundred thirteen million dollars, and that would be, if our math is correct, three hundred and fifty-three million dollars adjusted for inflation. Uh, yeah, had that's, bu- just, that's just your run-of-the-mill Google inflation calendar. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how accurate these 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 projections are. <laughs> it's hundred percent accurate. Everything you find on the internet is guaranteed to be it's real. Accurate. It's true yeah. story. It's all true. Uh, it had a budget of $71 million or $117 million just for inflation, which I don't, I, I don't know much about like what these production companies are looking for, but two, $100 mil at the time seems to be a good, good film. <laughs> uh, yeah, and especially it was, like... Oh, go ahead. No, please. Um, I, I think like... At the three-hour runtime, it's like shooting to be a war, like a war slash romance epic. So, if you're gonna do something big, you gotta have the budget for it. So, yeah, it looks like they pulled out a lot of the stops, especially at the time. Like, yeah, definitely seemed to be. I mean, I don't know. I don't have a big point of reference, and I guess I should preface this whole podcast and this whole thing by saying. Ryan is the movie buff, and I i wouldn't say I'm a movie buff per se. I watch movies, like, casually, uh, but there are a lot of movies that I haven't seen, like, even classic movies, uh, and, yeah, there's just, there's just some stuff that I haven't seen, so a lot of times when I, I'm personally watching these movies, like Braveheart, for example, uh, I don't have too much of a reference point for movies at the time that I could just think of at the top of my head, so... I mean, as we go along and watch movies, it'll be interesting because we'll probably go back and talk about if we watch another movie like in that was released in this time frame. Uh, we'll probably go back and be like, oh, yeah, this is a lot similar or a lot different than Braveheart because X, Y, and Z or whatever it is. So seems yeah. like it. Yeah. So I did, I did pull up just as a point of reference. So one year later... Um, in 1997, the film Titanic would be released officially, and that film's budget at the time, not adjusted for inflation, was $200 million. Now, that one did go through and have extensive underwater shots and a bunch of different stuff, but um, 
and they also used a ton more uh, CGI. So I anticipate that's where the majority of that difference in budget came. But Mm -hmm. again, I I might be blowing smoke out of my ass. I don't know. (laughs) That's okay. It see, I mean, it seems to be the case. That's, I mean, we'll probably have to watch that at some point because that's another movie I've never seen either. Is Titanic? So, <laughs> we'll I mean, to... yeah, we. If you want to cry, we can. We can watch <laughs> Titanic. I, listen, I'm just gonna. For anybody that's listening to this, I'm confident enough with my masculinity to tell people, random people on the internet, I cry when I watch movies. So, if you want to listen to me talk about a movie that made me cry, we can watch Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. It'll be on the docket for sure, because <laughs> I want to hear about it. I, and it may be me too. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, okay, so seems like from the budget that was had uh, on this movie, seventy-one million came out with a cool uh, box office earnings. So that's, I mean, that's cool, I guess. Uh, some awards. It was nominated for twenty-five. It looks like it won nine awards including the Oscar for Best Picture and Best Director. So that's... Do we know... Oh, okay. Sorry, I got the notes here. I should probably start reading those. Uh, also nominated for Best Picture of that year, Apollo 13, Babe. Uh, two, Posting, The Postman, Sense and Sensibility were also films that were nominated for Best Picture of that year. So in your experience, or in your... I mean, just from from what you know, of the movies that were also nominated that year. Uh, what do you think about that? Is that a good pick for for the win? I don't I don't know. That's that's a tough question because looking at the film compared to the other films here, I think the only one that reaches kind of that epic proportion would be Apollo 13. Do I think Apollo 13 is a more a movie I was more invested in than Braveheart, I would say no from that perspective. But as far as movies I got invested in, Babe 2 that is a very emotional family film about a talking pig who herds sheep. So I got real invested in that. So if you were on the panel of the judges for... I don't know if that's how it works. There's a panel for the Oscars or whatever. So let's say... let's. Travel back in time here. It's 1997, right? Because it won the Best Picture in 1997. Is that right? Uh, 90. Well, ugh, I think 1996. I just looked up Best Picture winner for 96, and it pulled gotcha. up Braveheart. Okay, That's the level okay. of research so one... that goes into this. <laughs> okay, so it was released in 95, and it won Best Picture in 96. Is from okay. what I'm saying. So either either way. Uh, so if you were on the panel of the Oscars, would you give Braveheart your vote? You know, looking at these films, I would, I would honestly say, yeah, I think it would, it would go in or in a descending order. It would probably go Braveheart, Apollo 13, Babe 2, Sense and Sensibility, and then posting to the, or to posting the postman. I think that was Postino. Because it's like some type of Italian film, uh, based on the poster that was up for it. But yeah, that I, I would give it the best picture out of these wins. But I think this is interesting as well because now we have categories for like different, um, like a lot of people are like, oh well, we have a separate horror awards or a separate you know war movie awards. So it's interesting to see like just the random separation of film that are in this best picture category. Yeah. Well. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it, and I, I haven't seen most of these other movies that were nominated that year. Um, from, from my perspective, it was good enough to deserve Best Picture. Uh, oh, I thought yeah. the story was really good. I thought the action scenes were super awesome. And the <laughs> in, my no- in my notes here, as I'm reading those two things that I took notes on when I watched the movie, I also put the old man as a badass and a savage. So there's this character in the movie, gosh, I think it's Cameron or something like that. He like gets his, I mean, he gets an arrow in his heart, he gets his arm chopped off. This guy's a savage. And the action scenes, I thought, did it. Just, I, I mean, at least from the time, it, it was it, it was good stuff. And there's a lot of, I mean, very gruesome, which I feel like is good because it 
gives us some of the reality of of the time and just war in general. But yeah, to me, it seems to be deserving, and it looks like Ryan has given it the vote for best picture that year. So that's awesome. So based uh, on the review standards, worthy <laughs> of best picture. That's all that matters at the end of the day. Does it deserve it? It really is. It's really all that matters. Uh, looks like we got some additional information here that was curated and sourced uh, by our very own Ryan. So it, was, it had increased tourism to Scotland, and it made a lot of people care about history to see where it happened. There was a sequel about it 22 years later called Outlaw King. Have you seen this movie, Outlaw King? I have. Um, Outlaw King is a Netflix original film. Um, the, uh, what's his name? The Bruce, Robert, the Bruce. I want to say that's his name. The guy that like his, his dad was kind of playing both sides. He, uh, he comes back in this movie and Chris Pine plays the lead, lead role. It's really good. It's also really violent and really graphic. So it's something to like take into account when you want to watch the film. Is it, I would say it's less, less positive than Braveheart. Because Braveheart was, there's moments where it's really lighthearted and there's a lot of comedy. There's small moments like that in Outlaw King, but overall it's a very serious take. So, but I, I enjoyed it. Hmm, cool. All right. So, for those of you who have seen Braveheart, Outlaw King may be something to look into. And it's funny that you actually mentioned the comedic scenes because I actually found, I, I don't, I have a hard time laughing at movies in general. I don't know. It's just. Unless it's super, super funny, or it's in my taste, I have a hard time laughing. And there were, in the comedic scenes, I had a good chuckle on some of them. So that was a good, like, contrast to the seriousness of it. I Those, like, lighthearted scenes. Specifically, I remember when he's, like, throwing the rocks into uh, into his first wife's window. And he, like, hits her on accident because she opens the door. I just thought that. I thought that was kind of funny. So the little comedic relief parts that were in there. Uh, yeah, those are those are those are pretty good. I found those like a good contrast to the seriousness of the story. Yeah, I think it added a level of like realism because I was like, oh, these are normal people. They laugh, they goof around. <laughs> um, yeah, I yeah I agree there. I, I liked that, and I, I liked the, the the serious scenes like felt real, like especially in the beginning with that young William Wallace kid actor. Um, I said, what did I, I think I wrote down his name, James Robinson. Yeah. So like that scene where, and again, spoiler alert, go watch the movie or don't, whatever. It's free country. Do what you got to do. Don't be mad if I spoiled it for you. Um, he, his like dad dies in the very beginning of the film. And like, he has a scene where he like touches his dad's dead body and he like kind of glosses over. And I was like, this is such a real perform. Like, I feel like a kid would act this way around a dead body. Cause they just don't know, like that it's not that person. It's just, it was really fascinating to watch how real these performances were, I think. Yeah, definitely. And the, uh, when the kid, when he's the kid and he's like having the nightmares, I don't know if they're nightmares. They're just like weird dreams of the dead bodies, like talking to him, you know, I was like, yeah, I, I also, I also feel like that adds a good little piece to it because it is kind of haunting. I, I've never seen Dead Body, of course, so I can't really, I can't really talk to it. But uh, it seems like that would be something that would generally happen: is you get like haunted by it. It's not just a thing that you see and you gloss over and you're like totally fine. So, yeah, I agree. Those those first initial scenes in the movie just added a lot of. It, it seemed that it was done really well because it added a lot of realism and was very intense and it set a precedent for the rest of the movie. Yeah, no, I, I agree hundred percent with you there. Awesome. Um, well, I also really dug the music. Can I just yeah. say that the music was amazing. Was yeah, so good. Definitely was <laughs> kind of like what we were talking about before with the, the buildup of the scenes. There's like these long buildups, but the I guess the score, the music behind it was it added to the dramatic effect, and yeah, I found it really, I found it really good as well. The so, ambiance, the ambiance, yeah, it's probably a better word to use. Uh, 
Yeah, definitely, definitely agree with that. Uh, so this is a funny thing that you may have to expand upon. So it's considered to be one of the most historically inaccurate movies ever made. Now, yeah, <laughs> do you are you familiar with like the actual history or what? What what, what was the reasoning for putting that in the notes here? Well, so that was just one of the things that I kept seeing about the movie. Like when I was like doing research about it for the budget, like everywhere I was, I was looking, was bringing that up. Like, hey, this part didn't happen. This part's actually historically inaccurate. So I did a little bit of digging, and here are some of the biggest ones. So where did it go? Da, 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 da. You're dealing with the myth. Yeah, so the prima nocta, allowing the lord of an estate to take the virginity of, like, the maiden on their wedding night. Um, people have gone through, and they, they treat this thing as far as it's a myth. Simple reason, that what they say is simple reason they're dealing with a myth that rests in the surprising fact that practically all writers who make any such claims have never been able or willing to cite any trustworthy source if they have any. So that part is kind of taken out of... And that was, like... One of the big things that like was a catalyst for the citizens in the movie is they were like, oh, yeah. prima nocta, it's the worst. Um, and then occupation, the film makes it look like Scotland had been under English occupation for some time, at least during Wallace's like childhood. And in the run up to the Battle of Falkirk, um, Wallace says to the younger Bruce, we'll have what none of us have ever had before, a country of our own, when in fact Scotland had been invaded by England a year before Wallace's rebellion prior to the death of King Alexander. Um, and it was a full it had been a fully separate kingdom that whole time. So it was like a year into occupation. <laughs> oh, I see. OK. Um, and that and, and then, that does kind of make. Yeah, sense there's a bunch of other stuff. Sorry. No, no, no. That's fine. That, I mean, that makes sense as far as writing the movie goes. So it's like you want to be able to tell the story that these people have been. Well, not like they haven't been oppressed because there's I mean, from what I've seen of the history, it's, you know, there's been a conflict between Scotland and England for a very, very long time. But as far as the writing goes, the movie, I feel like it, it's easier to tell that story if you say that the English have been there for years and years and years and yeah, all that stuff. So it kind of, kind of makes sense as far as writing the movie goes, but I can see how it may be uh, one of the most historically inaccurate movies. So, yeah. Um, and <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of other stuff about like the people, the portrayals. Some of them were like not the best people, but they were portrayed in a really positive light. Certain certain portrayals are kind of muddled, but yeah. At the end of the day, you have to look at that like when you go into a film. This is based on a true story. It's not what really happened. Um, and I think if people are willing to look at that fact before they go into the movie, they'll still have a good time. Because I knew that going in, like because I did all the research before we watched the movie, and I still had a really good experience, I think. Yeah, I did too. I mean, I saw this this comment that it was historically inaccurate. I didn't do too much looking into, uh, uh, you know, the conflict. But even with that being said, with it being historically inaccurate, you know, it didn't. I mean, it didn't affect my enjoyment whatsoever. Still thought it was, still thought it was good. But I'm gonna have to look into it a little bit more and see the actual history because, from what I can tell there seems to be still even some some hostility in that area. Yeah, so I guess that, like, went through and just kind of was this inciting incident for a lot of people to go through. And uh, I think uh, the, pay, the paper I was reading said anglophobia was what it was, just, like, this, like, really toxic portrayal of their relationship with England which again we weren't alive during that time so I don't know what to think who who to side with um, but like they're using that as their excuse for trying to get stuff to happen now in Scotland like politically and um, I guess there's some videos of people like just having really like negative experiences like aggressive with people that are from the UK and from England and when they're in Scotland it's very interesting very interesting yeah definitely 
Yeah, and I, I, I found. I mean, speaking to the historical inaccuracy, I don't know. There was this part in the movie. I don't know if you remember this, but there's this part at the at the beginning where, and I, I'm terrible with the names of the characters, but where Mel Gibson's character is like back at his home where he originally grew up, and the dad of his soon-to-be first wife is like. You can court her if you stay out of the troubles. Do you remember this? Do you remember him saying that? I do. And then he was like, because they wanted him. I, I remember this. And he said, you can't marry my daughter yeah. unless you like. Yeah, 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 but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was really confused about that because from what I thought was, I thought the troubles were like between Ireland and England. Because they're, just, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm bouncing all over the place. But if you've ever heard the song uh, Zombie by the Cranberries, it's like about the Troubles. And from what I could see on the wiki page, it's like this conflict between Ireland. Uh, well, it's this conflict in Northern Ireland that was like has lasted from the 60s to the 90s. And then I was so confused because I was like, it's in the same area. I'm not, I've, I'm, you know, I'm not schooled in the history or whatever i wonder why he said that and i don't I, yeah i don't know that was that part was really confusing it kind of threw me off but that was my initial when you had put in the notes you're like it's the most historically inaccurate films ever made when he said that i was like okay well then this whole thing has got to be off there's got to be something wrong here but yeah that's like i don't know i'm going off on a tangent at that at this point but yeah that was super it's super confusing to me because i i I was totally lost when he said that. And I don't know if it was just because we put closed captions on when we watch movies. So I don't know if I was just like hearing him and reading the captions wrong. If he like said, stay out of trouble. I I don't know. But yeah, that one, that part was super confusing to me, to me too, just as far as the history of it goes. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I did. That went right over my head. I was pretty, I was immersed. I was just like, oh, such a good movie. (laughs) Having such yeah, a good time right no, now. it really, it really is good. What was your favorite scene in the whole thing? Like, what's your favorite, or even just like your moment? Like, what part of my it was just like? Yes, oh man, scene. my favorite scene. I I think my favorite scene was when like they're at the final, not like the final battle after William dies, but like the final battle that you were mentioning where the Lords, like the nobles, like just leave and don't help him. And he fights Robert the Bruce and like just yeah. takes him down and takes off his helmet. And he's screaming. Cause he's just like, I don't know. Like he, if he takes his helmet off, I'm dead. So I just thought that was a really interesting scene. And then like, as soon as he recognizes him, he just, his whole world shattered. And that scene, I just loved that scene. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And that, that one did, I mean, I would expect him to kill him, you know, just because it's there's so much action happening previously, and you just you kind of anticipate that he's gonna want to kill him. And I was shocked about that too, because then he just sits back and it's like his whole heart is like broken, you know, and he's just like totally defeated. Uh, and I and I like that they they took that afterwards into the movie, and he. Uh, Robert to Bruce is talking to his dad. He's like, I, you know, I saw his like broken heart and I hate myself for it and everything. And it set, and it, and it set the rest of the movie in motion too. So I agree. That was a really powerful scene. I liked, I liked that one a lot. It was, yeah, that was very moving. Yeah. That one. And I mean, like if I, I would say it's almost tied with the one where the, the dad that you were mentioning, the one that the old man, that's badass. Uh, when he dies, that one that scene got me as well. Yeah, yeah, I was. Uh, I don't know if that one was my my favorite scene, but the two the two that you've already mentioned uh, with the old gosh, I wish I was remembering his name. I want to say, I no, it's no point in trying to remember it, but yeah, the old, the old man dying that was that was pretty pretty powerful. Um, but I really liked when they <laughs> when they get the long spears and it's like that one of the battles and maybe maybe it's the I don't know if it's the first biggest battle, but 
they say they have these like horses and they're super armored and uh he mo gibson's character says uh we need to make spears like twice the length of a man and they actually use them in battle and they're like sticking all the horses i thought that was super badass and just yeah really really genius way to go about it and we were both watching it me and my girlfriend you don't see him in the shots and he's just saying hold 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 see i i mean i expected something to happen and then right as the horses get close they pick him up and all these horses are getting stabbed and yeah, both of us were just like, oh, shit. <laughs> and it was just super... <laughs> yeah, it was super... That was, like, the first time in the movie, from what I remember, that, that you saw, like, some pretty graphic stuff. And that's... We were both kind of like, oh, damn, this is... That, that, this is intense. That's was, was pretty cool. And that... Yeah, this action hardcore. scenes in general. Yeah, it gets pretty hardcore. But, yeah, that one that one's probably my favorite one, just because the... the sh- I don't know about shock value, but just how I was surprised about, you know, the action in it. Uh, yeah, that one definitely, yeah. That one, I would say, probably is my favorite for sure. Yeah, no, I think it went, uh, th- th- those battle scenes, I I felt that they were real. Like, obviously, they used real people, real horses, real doubles, all that stuff. Like, there's no CGI in that movie, except for maybe a couple scenes where it's, like, a battlefield full of dead bodies. But, like, other than that, it's all practical. And you can, like, tell. And it makes it feel, like, big and, like, heavy and graphic. It it really works. does well. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. And, uh, I mean, another another big part that I think I should mention that just from that scene in general and the action, super, you know, I, I liked it very much. Um, but the other thing too is I when I when I see a lot of movies, I find that there might be some big actors who do a good job, and the other actors, uh, they're like it's kind of cheesy or they don't do as good of a job. I don't know about you, and I guess this is a question to ask you, but I felt like all of the major characters in the movie did a great job in, in acting it. I didn't feel at any point that there was a main character who where it was like cheesy or they did you know do their I, I don't know if cheesy is the right word, but they it it, it didn't feel like uh like committed or like I don't character Yeah, yeah. It's probably a better way to describe it. I yeah. felt like all, all the main characters did a really good job. I don't, I don't know what you think, but yeah. I I agree. I think everybody that like is in that movie showed up to act those days. Like it was, it's really well acted. There's never a scene where I'm like, okay, this is somebody like trying to make it big, or this is somebody trying yeah. to get their Oscar <laughs> nomination. Like it was just people yeah. that were like, this is an emotional story. I want yeah. people to care about it. So I'm gonna put in my A game, and it shows. Absolutely, and I feel like we see that a lot. Where I guess even just like overacting—that's the right word to use. Where yeah. they just go too hard, and yeah, you make a good point. Where it's like, this is my time. I'm gonna be, <laughs> I'm gonna be the Oscar winner. But when everyone in the movie is like understanding of the story, and I guess that is, I guess that's props to Mel Gibson. I mean being the director of the movie uh but also just every individual actor in it as well you know he did didn't feel like i I didn't feel like anyone like overacted or it was like cheesy or corny or anything like that did did a really good job um and besides mel gibson who um i mean he it's obviously with his directing skills you know one uh, best picture and best director, but besides him in the movie, uh, who who's your favorite character? Uh, I would have to say either Hamish, who is his like childhood best friend, or the the dad of his best friend, who is the the old the old badass that we keep talking about. We forgot his name, even though we just watched this like an hour or two ago. I forgot his <laughs> <Yeah>. name. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, but he I'm was gonna, like a, I'm just gonna find a badass. Right now, just so he was a badass. 
Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna find it now so we're not blowing Hell yeah. up our up our ass. Uh, uh, let's see here. Let's why see did, why isn't it the first one? He's like a big character. Uh, let's see. I think it goes by pricing. Are you looking on IMDb? Uh, uh, I'm on a Google search right now. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I. That's probably a sign that I'm a freaking huge nerd. I have IMDb on my phone. Yeah, I just like pulling up <laughs> movies and being like, "Oh, what have I seen this person in?" Draw yeah. this. I've got I've got the conspiracy board with the red yarn. I'm Five guy. ways to Kevin Bacon. That's like a thing, right? Exactly. Five degrees <laughs> of Kevin Bacon. Yeah, five degrees. Campbell. His <laughs> name is Campbell. Campbell. Okay. Yeah, he he was. I really liked his character as well. Um, I'm trying to yeah. find it. I'm trying to. I'm trying to find his name. Um, uh, the actor. No, just the, even the character, but it's the guy. <laughs> the guy who comes in and he's like talking to God. And he. Oh. He, <laughs> he, Irish guy. Yeah, the Irish guy, and he's like, "Oh well, I'm the most wanted man on my island, or whatever." I thought his, I thought oh, he was right. hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> I thought he was awesome, and he was like added pretty much in the middle of the movie. Uh, but he played a super important part. I mean, he saves William Wallace pretty much when he's like hunting, and he's with him till the end, sees him when he dies, and everything. So I really like that character personally. I thought I did too. Probably I... my favorite. Steven? It's like Stuart or Steven or something like that. Like it was a very white name. It is Steven. It was a very white name. I was like, man. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't expecting I thought I was expecting something like McGregor or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was that that was a good character. I thought that was a good uh not only acted well, but just the fact that he stayed with him till the till the end and was like at the execution or whatever. Uh, yeah, he was definitely my favorite. Aside from from uh, the William Wallace story, of course, is like the main story. But he's your ride or die, homie. That's what you're saying. He's right. He yeah, he's a he's a ride or die for sure. As well as Hamish, who's there as well. But I think the biggest question so, to ask no. you personally, Ryan is was it a mistake well i guess not but i'm just like i was a little i was a little confused by why they did this and i feel like it could have been done differently but it is what it is like the whole storyline of of william wallace and then the princess when they like fall in love or like she falls in love with him or something then they, you know, go heels to Jesus, and there's this whole deal about it. I was, I don't know, I, I, that that seemed a little bit off to me. I was convinced for the entire movie that he's just he's basically pissed because he killed his, they killed his wife, you know. And I don't know, they this the, between the wife dying and the princess. I mean, I don't know how horny Mel Gibson's character William Wallace is for the entire time, but I don't know. That seemed a little off to me. I'm wondering what you think. Could it, could that have been done better, differently? Like a second look, like a second love interest? I don't know. That's just my. I was immediately put off by that because the whole time I'm thinking he's trying to get revenge for his wife, and he like sees the wife. So it was just a. I was a little bit conflicted on that. I I agree. You know. I, I really felt for the princess's character. I felt like, man, what a shitty situation you're in. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I felt that way the whole movie. Yeah. Um, I, I do absolutely think it could have been handled better. I think if I were behind the directing chair and I were the one, you know, making this decision, I would have gone through and had it be reversed. I think that instead of the princess, I think the the handmaiden. I think that's the right term. The handmaiden, the one that was like into Hamish when they met up. I think that oh, should have been yeah. love interest. Because then it's like William Wallace is in love with someone like a person of the people, not some royalty who wants to control everybody, just another person. I think yeah. that would have been a more, an easier thing to digest than, oh, 
the princess and like she they weren't even married at the time when William Wallace was alive that was another one of the inaccuracies I know we talked about that but there yeah it's yeah. I, I think it could have been handled better so you so just so I'm getting this right so you think that the princess that her like her you know whoever her assistant is the one who would be facilitating all of the information like giving them like say hey there are ships coming from the north and all of that stuff so the princess's assistant is with Hamish, and then they're connected. Is that is that what I'm understanding? No, I was saying instead of so the princess is still delivering information to William Wallace, and then it's a situation of the handmaiden and William Wallace fall in love. Gotcha. And then the princess was still like, "Listen, I'm in a terrible marriage. I'm gonna rule once the <laughs> king dies." Like, yeah. Here's what you need to know. They're coming from the north. As long as you take care of them, we're not going to have any issues. And then, yeah, go hang out with my handmaiden. I know you've been making eyes at her this whole time. <laughs> I, I think that would have been an easier, more digestible romance instead of, oh, it's a princess. Oh, she's just so turned on that you're in a yeah. relationship. Yeah. And you know what? She's going to betray, under penalty of death, potentially, I'm going to betray this person that I'm obligated to. Yeah. Eh. It's a bit of a stretch. Do I do I support movies that portray true love and stuff like that? You betcha. But it was kind of a stretch for me. Yeah, I I agree. It was that that whole love interest with him with William Wallace and the Princess. It just I felt like it 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 could have been done better. And personally, and again, we're looking at it in hindsight, you know, so it's easy to be like, oh well, <laughs> blah blah blah. It should have been done better or whatever. I still appreciated how it got to that point, but if I if I could look back at it and be like, if I personally didn't like the second love interest because William Wallace is his first wife, should be that he's trying to get you know he's like pissed off about that and he's trying to get his country back or whatever. So in Kinda my like mind, it. yeah, in my mind, I'm thinking the the prince. He hates his dad. So, like, why wouldn't it be him who's, like, seeing that William Wallace is taking York, he's, like, making headway? Why wouldn't it be the prince who says, well, I want to be king, but I hate my dad. He's a piece of shit. So I'm going to work with... And, like, even like you said, I'm going to work with this, like, handmaiden. And I'm going to deliver information to... Scottish people and William Wallace and, and, and group and team. <laughs> and then I'm going to screw my dad over and I'm going to try to get him killed so I can take the throne. And then there's like this peace offering or whatever. I, I don't know. I felt like that could have been yeah. a better angle than the second love story. Because again, I'm, I was really under the impression that the whole reason this thing started was because the like love of his life, like his true love was died. murdered. Yeah, yeah. was murdered. Oh, I agree. I think that that also would have worked. I think it would have made more sense to like as far as how to get there. This movie came out before Game of Thrones, though. So like Game of Thrones is the thing that I was like, I'm interested in the political backstabby thriller part of it now. I didn't used to be. So watching it now, I'm like, oh, this is really intriguing to watch. But like as a first time viewer, when I was 11, I think I watched it again when I was 18 or 19. I was like. Yeah, it's pretty good, but I don't like the stuff where they're like doing all the behind closed doors conversation. So it definitely, like I said, evolves the more you watch it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, that's that. That was the movie. I personally enjoyed it. Should we do a rating scale? I feel like that should be. We should do a rating scale for the movies that we watch. I mean, this is the first episode, and we haven't talked about this, but. I don't okay. know. What do you think? Rating scale? We can do. We can do ratings. Should we each just r- make up our own random ranking scale and stay consistent with that every time? Uh, either that, or we just come up with a ranking and we agree on it. Like, okay. just, I don't know. That's up to you. I kind of want to do a random ranking scale and just make <laughs> get, give it a ranking. So <laughs> yeah, I just. Like, yeah, I'll give I, this movie four golden clackers. <laughs> clackers. <laughs> Okay, I'm I'm totally with that. Just super random, but we have to at least agree on it. Okay, so 
how many golden clockers are we going off of? Out of ten? Out of five. Out of five golden clockers? What is a golden clocker? I think we should start with that. What? Oh. Um, (laughs) Is that not a question you're prepared for? I wasn't. I just. I. I was like, instead of four out of five stars, it's four out of five golden clackers, and I thought that sounded a lot better. But now you called me on this. You hedged my bet. And <laughs> listen, man. I. I just. It's let fine. me have this. I'll. I'll let you have it. Okay, golden clackers. Thank you. Out of five. Thank you. Uh, are we doing decimals or is it just a full clacker? You can't. I mean, you can do whatever ranking system you. We can each have our own different ranking system, or yeah, we have. We have. We have to agree on it. This oh, is okay. A, this is a, this is a team effort. Okay. Um, I'll give you. Yeah, I'll do, give you mine. I'll give you mine. I'll give you mine, and we'll go off that. Would out it of, be easier to do out of ten for you? No, out of five is perfect. Okay. What do you think? I'm bad. Uh, what? What is this? Is this an assault on I just, a character? I don't know. I just didn't know if you were like. I don't want to choose. Not one out of twenty percent. I I don't know, man. I no, it's fine. Yeah, I'm just. I got it though. I in my okay. It, out of all the movies that I've seen, if we're rating it based off Golden Clackers, out of five Golden Clackers, I'll give this one a three point seven. All right, so that brings our average down from four, which was mine originally. I would say to about a three point eight. That seemed fair. That's fair. Okay, it is official. The first episode of the review podcast official Golden Clackers Clankers Clackers ranking for Braveheart is three point eight Golden Clackers. That's that'll do it. Those Golden that'll Clackers. That'll do it. That's a Best Picture winner right there. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, in summary and summation, uh, I enjoyed this movie. Uh, three point eight Clackers definitely appropriate. Uh, uh, yeah, it was, it, it was good. I'm, I'm kind of glad we're going with movies also that I've never seen and you've seen because it gives me a little bit of perspective from like what you've seen, pre- you know, like we thought about it previously and stuff, and then having fresh eyes on it too. I think it's a good, good way to go about it. So, anyways, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have any, do you have any closing statements? Right in my. To in summary and summation, that's what you said. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, to to summarize my thoughts, as it were. <laughs> Sorry, Derek. I know you hate that, but uh, I overall I think it was I very said, good. I just, never mind. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> I, I do think it was a very good movie. I think it's something that's very easy to get swept up in. It's one. It's a movie that like feels very grand and epic. Um, as far as something that I would like go through and watch multiple times, probably not. I think I'm good now for not, not, I'm not saying the rest of my life. I might come on sometime, but it was Mm -hmm. good. Agreed. Yeah. There's not a lot of movies that I rewatch. This one would not be a movie that I'd rewatch anytime soon. Maybe like years down the line, but yeah, I a hundred percent agree with that. Cool. All right, man. Uh, the only thing we have left to do is just pick a year, um, and then we can determine what our next film is going to be that we're going to review. Okay. Jeez. Uh, should we just, just so type in, give me a random year? <laughs> yeah. Just, or, like, what was the best year? The sure best it- year? Just right, I'm I'm gonna do it too. What is the best year? I'm just gonna search what, what kind of it's the best. If you're feeling low about the state of the world, consider this is the first article that pops up from the Optimist Daily to give them credit. Uh, if you're feeling low about the state of the world, consider this: in the long arc of human history, 2019 has been the best year ever. Wow, 2019 won best year ever. I, I know. This is from the Optimist Daily. Um, this is the first time I've ever heard of their publication. And not to say that they're not credible in any way whatsoever. Uh, but I searched, what is the best year? And that was the first thing they come up. And I came up. And I'm not reading the whole article. I'm just reading that that little sentence there. Uh, uh, Let's change it up. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change it up a little bit. Okay. Okay. 
best year for movies. I'm going to Google that, and I'm going to see what the first result is. There's a list of like a bunch of different years. Those are all different technical advancements as far as movie history. Was 1994 the best year for movies? Okay. 1994. Let's see what the best picture winner is. Best picture winner. 1994. Is Schindler's List. Oh, man. (laughs) Best... Best picture for nineteen ninety four Schindler's List. This is I, this is a, wow. another movie I have yet to see. So it it's heavy. <laughs> I I'll watch. Okay, it. Watch I watch like I Toy Story think... or something. Why is yeah? It, why what we the hell? All these sad movies. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's change no, it up. Know. Let's change it up. We can change it now. I don't know. It's up to you, man. How do you want to do this? This is your podcast. It's our podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I've never seen it. Have, have you seen it? I have seen it. Um, what we could also do is we could just go to IMDb. That what app I was telling you about has mm-hmm. a top 100 film list. And I could pull that up and we could go from <laughs> to 100 and work our way down. I say we just do Schindler's List. It's got the same theme, Best Picture winner. We're going in, in a similar year, too. Uh, or, like, a similar time frame. Dang, this movie's long, too. <laughs> Three-hour and 17-minute runtime. I say we just go for it. It's never a movie that I've seen, so, like, I don't know. It's obviously critically acclaimed, so I want to watch it at some point. I've heard about it and you know, in pop culture and everything like that, so... I say we just go for it. Schindler's List. All right. The movie. Schindler's List. Are we in agreement? That will be. I concur, Doctor. Thank you, Doctor. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, which uh, uh, we hope you are, I know that's kind of a weird statement to say because. I'm saying if you're listening to it, but yet I don't know. Let's just let's backtrack. Listen, Uh, let's (laughs) let's go with this. If you're listening to this, we hope you enjoyed, and we hope you keep listening, and we hope you start watching the films as we watch them. And who knows? Maybe we can even do some type of eventually. Obviously, not right now, but eventually, some type of server discord server where we can talk about it with with people who want to discuss it with us but for right now this is the review with uh, ryan and derek yeah thanks everybody hope hope everyone has a great night great week uh and we'll see you next week right we're doing this thing on a weekly basis is that is that the plan all right sounds good well thanks everybody thanks ryan always appreciate the hell out of you uh and uh yeah we'll we'll talk to you soon All right.